Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Sterner, play action, looking, pumps, throws down the middle, touchdown, Arkansas, oh my! Clint Sterner is brought to you by Motorsports Authority. Sterner throws, With two great locations and hundreds of vehicles to choose from. Sterner, very confident. Throwing down the middle. Oh, this Clint Sterner, he's putting on a show. Check them out or visit online at msastore.com. Play fake, Sterner steps out of trouble. Wow. Oh. Wide open receiver, it's Cobb towards the end zone. Touchdown! I was really good. I mean, of course, we want the outcome that we wanted, but I mean, I feel like I came in, we was prepared. We had great preparation throughout the week, and we knew everything that we was going to do, and we just uh, got to finish drives. I mean, that's the main thing going into it. We got to finish drives, and it starts with me up front, and uh, just me being able to be a leader and just finish drives and pull my team and rally my team together when we get in the red zone to uh, put up points on the board. All right, that was K.J. Jefferson. Let's bring in the uh, former quarterback at the University of Arkansas, Clint Sterner, on the brand of moving in storage hotline. And, Clint, that was in a nutshell, and obviously there were other factors that led to Arkansas losing, but uh, not finishing drives. That's what Wes and I were talking about, especially in the red zone, that keyed Arkansas's loss in what was a very entertaining football game. Absolutely, man. And, and I mean, I, 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 I told you guys before, I'm not into moral victories, but, man, I, I feel significantly better about my Razorbacks today. Than I, than I did when I woke up Saturday morning, man. I, I uh, we, we can get, you know, in our business, we, we get off in the weeds and, and we really dissect things and, and, and break down the whys and the hows. And, but ultimately, I think, you know, as a, as a fan base, you watch that game. And, and overall, um, you've got to feel significantly better about the squad. Um, I mean, there's nothing you can do about the 2-2 two and two record right now. But, boy, the season moving forward looks, looks a, a lot more – enjoyable from a fan's perspective than it did, you know, a, a two, three days ago. I mean, I was really concerned, guys, about how in the hell were we going to compete against, you know, the, the A&Ms and, and the Auburns and, and, you know, those schools that are, that are mid, middle of the pack, maybe even down years for them. And, and after, after that performance uh, down in Death Valley, man, I, I, feel, I feel pretty good about our ability to do that, man. And so – uh, before we get off into the details of it, just overall, man, it is. It's. Uh, I'm proud to be a Razorback this morning. And I, I don't know that I can say that after that BYU game. Yeah, I thought the offensive line took a huge step forward. Uh, not only opening holes for the running game, but they they did a pr- fairly good job of protecting KJ and giving him time to throw enough time to throw. What did you see different out of the offensive line this week? Well, I mean, I saw a total different offensive line. Um, I mean, you, I mean, you, you don't you don't just walk into Death Valley. And if you're not an, a good offensive line, which is a lot of what I heard, and, and I tried to shy away from, from just, just hammering the offensive line from a pass protection standpoint, I mean, it was obvious they weren't getting pushed. But, but uh, you know, it's one of those things where who's injured, who's not, uh, is the chemistry coming together, the play call. I thought the play call on all the different outside zone runs, um, I, I thought that was a problem with this, this particular group. That just, so, just for the listeners, I mean, when you're, when you're, zone, when you're outside zoning teams, there's, there's really no push. I mean, you're trying to string. I mean, if you can get pushed, that's fine. But you're trying to string the defense out to the sideline. When one offensive lineman cuts his guy off, that creates the crease, whether that's 
whether that's on the hash or the numbers or damn near near the sideline, you're just stringing guys out, and the, and the running back's got to read where the gap where the gap is created. Versus what I saw Saturday is downhill stuff where you're getting double teams, you're pushing you're pushing defensive tackles into linebackers' laps. It's just a total different approach to offensive line football, and it's hard to think that that's the same offensive line that we were watching. But when you tie some things in into it, particularly schematically. I just believe that the, the approach this Saturday in Death Valley uh, played to the strengths of those guys instead of just, hey, we like to run outside zone, and that may be the strength of Enos' system, or that may be the strength of, or you may think it's, it's what the new offensive linemen or the backup offensive linemen or the running backs can do. At the end of the day, this is a bully ball football team. Uh, you're not always going to be able to play that. You're not always going to be able to bully everybody, but that's how you play football, and, and I felt like, the, the offensive line getting enormous push at times up front versus uh, one of the uh, maybe not one of the best defensive fronts as a whole as a front seven but definitely the more physical um, bigger faster stronger teams in America um, Arkansas was able to get some significant push man and for whatever reason it happened with it's hard to believe it was the same offensive line but damn it was fun to watch all right uh, we got new coaches. New defense coordinator, new uh, secondary coach. Heck, new players, Clint. You know, they hit the portal yeah. and got all these new players in the secondary. This is, it looked like the same thing to me in the second half against LSU. Guys just running wide open. Uh, coach Pittman said they tried man, they tried zone, they tried, yeah. you know, three deep, two. Uh, they tried everything, and nothing worked. What What did you see out of the secondary LSU in the second half? Well, we talked about it, guys, Friday. I mean, I, 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 I liked what I saw from the defense, other than the fact that they just got beat in, in the moment. You know, I mean, they, they were really aggressive early on, and it created some opportunities. It created opportunities for the offense to, 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 to give you a lead. And, um, unfortunately, they didn't punch in touchdowns. They punched in field goals, and, and it, it wasn't as big a lead as you would like. But then when, when LSU, when they adjusted, um, and they, they decided Jalen Daniels, is gonna, they're going to throw to eight. They're going to throw to neighbors. Anyway, you can get, get him in the slot. You can get him on a lesser defender, and, you're, and your, your defenders are standing flat-footed. They're going to throw that slot fade all day. Um, I, I, I like the plan, guys. We, we talked about it Friday. I said, you're going to have to give up something. You can't let Jalen Daniels go eight of eight with 24 yards rushing and score touchdowns and do that for four quarters and think you're going to keep up. You're, you're going to have to make them take risks. They took risks. They missed them early on. And, and Arkansas didn't necessarily capitalize as much as they should have. And then LSU down the stretch, a lot like Arkansas did, they hit those shots. Um, again, I love the approach. In hindsight, would I like to go back west and say, hey, man, again, what we talked about on Friday, I would like to have seen them find a way to double or bracket neighbors in those critical situations more so than just leaping with a defensive back standing flat-footed in the slot. Um, but, but the overall approach of, hey, we're going to take some risks, we're going to make these guys – throw low percentage throws and they're just going to have to hit them if they're going to beat it and and ultimately they hit them i mean i've been critical of Jalen daniels and and i think early on we saw why well i, I, I sit there watching that game early on and I'm, I'm thinking of you Wes. i'm thinking this is what i'm talking about this, this guy's inconsistent he's missing open wide receivers he, you know you keep him in the pocket he appears to be somewhat overwhelmed and a little bit jittery and then boy when when he gets comfortable he got comfortable brother and he made he made some big time throws and and uh, I mean, it was just a shootout in, in their in, in their backyard, and and to, to think that Arkansas played, you know, just down to the wire with these guys was was really impressive. I mean, we can get down to should you have let them score at the end of the game, and then gave KJ Jefferson at least a puncher's chance. 
sure. Should you have not? Should you have not given up the long touchdown at the end of the first half? I like my, my game plan defensively would have been to take risks, except for when there's, you know, 30 seconds left, and, and you'd like to at least limit them to a field goal. You know, you let them get over the top of you. You know, there's several times where, man, if we want to get critical, we really can. There's four or five times where you're just like, what in the hell were we thinking? Um, but but overall, I, I like I like what I saw. Uh, Clint Stern joining us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. It is courtesy of Motorsports Authority. How about a couple of youngsters? We talked about them last week. You were Ohio and Dominion, and Arkansas decided to ride him the other day. Uh, and then also saw Luke Haz continue to grow in his role as, you know, one of the premier tight end and, and catching uh, targets for, for K.J. Jefferson. Very excited about these two young guys, and they're doing some good things. Yeah, and that's the other thing, man. Not only does the offensive line look like a different group, Dominion looks like a different guy. I mean, we, we hadn't seen – I mean, he bounced a couple outside and turned the corner on LSU's defense, and, and he couldn't get two steps into turning the corner against BYU. And so he he really, I mean, played big time and, and, and was special. Luke Haas, and he's got a – the catch for the touchdown, guys. I, I don't remember if it was, was it a touchdown when he landed right on the goal line. I don't remember if they called it a touchdown or if it was an inch short. Um, I can't recall. But, but that short, catch – He was short. He was a little short. That catch, guys, nine out of ten players – um, in college, don't make that play. I mean, the the and he made it effortlessly. I'm just, I just the contact happened almost. I mean, it was a split second behind the catch, but you, if, when you watch it in slow motion, it, the, the contact never, never even even interfered with the catch. He's got a real Hunter Henry type vibe to him, a DJ Williams type vibe to him in terms of just catching the ball is almost an afterthought. You know, it's it's not. You can you can you can center punch him in the back as he's catching a ball, and it's not going to affect his hands catch. It, it, a lot of guys let it get in their chest, and that you know punch when somebody hits them in the back, it pushes them through the ball. The ball bounces off their chest or their face mask. He just he naturally has an effortless hands catch that is is I mean it's special, man. I mean it, I'm, I, I don't like to mention guys with the Hunter Henrys and DJ Williams of the world very often, but it's got that vibe to it, man. Of of just it, it's effortless, and then he's got that. He's got that ability um, to where I don't know what the kid runs in terms of tight ends. I, I don't. He doesn't appear to be the, one of the faster ones. He doesn't appear to be one of the bigger ones. But he's got that knack to just. How in the hell do you get so wide open? Like how are you finding the void in this defense to where you can turn and run? And it doesn't look again. It doesn't look like you're the fastest guy in America. But LSU guys can't catch him. Um, I mean, he's just got a knack for it, man. That that kid's gonna be that kid's gonna be fun to watch. And and the Tesla kid is. is you talk about a big-body possession receiver, man. He's another one that, that in, in critical moments, man, you go to him. He's got some strong hands and, and uh, has shown some promise. And I, th- I think they have something in Armstrong. He does the same thing, Clint, with his hands. Uh, he is very impressive. Yeah, I like Armstrong. He's the one receiver to me that, that I, I know the Broden kid caught the, caught the touchdown. It was a hell of a catch. Um, I think he had a catch early on, a little sprint out, maybe the first play of the game. Um, but but I, I really like uh, the Armstrong kid. He, he's the one that just has the ability to, to, to do it all. You know, I mean, he, he catches the underneath stuff. The mid-range game is good for him. The deep game is good for him. He's physical through through uh, contact. I, I really I really like him as well. I would still like to see them get Tesla. I mean, Catania uh, 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 involved a little bit more. I saw he had three catches, um, but I, I would like to see him get involved a little bit more. I, I think as, as we see this unfold, man, he's he, we talked about it last week again. The, the wiggle is just not there with this group. And if if you've got to, if, if Danny knows has to scheme guys open every single time, and if if KJ Jefferson has to hold the football and let some downfield, you know that 
that scissors action, which which I, I threw against Alabama back in in '97 to beat them. Boy, they've worn that out this 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 year already early on, uh, and it's a good play for them. But if 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 KJ has to literally wait for you know those downfield concepts to come open every single time, and that's the way you make hay, man, that's a tough life to live. It worked this week, but it's a tough life to live. They've got to find a way outside of their running back, you know, handing the ball off or KJ Jefferson running. They've got to find a way to get some some literal catch after run in terms of screens and underneath throws to where you can make a guy miss, hit a seam kind of thing. I think that's the one the one missing component that, that I see in this offense that could possibly be better. And Satania appears to be a guy that could help there. Clint, I got a question here from a, a listener. Ask Clint if he thinks KJ doesn't like the QB sneak under center because once again they didn't do it and got a false start and had to kick, take the field goal. QB sneak and you get it and you probably win. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know the answer to that. Um, it does appear to me, and guys, I'm totally speculating. I, I do not know what what has been said and what has been promised and what what has. Been. But the only thing I can make the only way I can make sense of the, the first couple of games of the season, first three games of the season, is that there's been some kind of communication with CJ. Of, I mean, I, I keep saying CJ because of the Texas quarterback, KJ. Um, <laughs> You know, Kate, there's, I think there's probably been some kind of commitment to, hey, man, we're going to, we, we, if, if you come back and if you stay here and we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And I think one of those is, is to develop him as a pastor. I, I, I would imagine that conversation's been had. And so um, that's a little bit frustrating to me. I understand, you know, what, what you have to do to keep your guy and, and make sure he's here. Um, but to go back to the, the quarterback sneak thing, I, I, I just, it doesn't make sense, uh, uh, Justin. I, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me why, and these are some brilliant football minds, man. I'm, I'm not sitting here acting like I'm smarter than, than the next. These are brilliant football minds. You're in Death Valley, and on two different occasions, you, you get your offensive line in a heavy set, so you've got extra offensive line in there. You've got tight ends in there, and they're having to block one of the, one of the, the nastiest defensive fronts in America in the most difficult place to play football. And you get, you get in gun, and you just hold those guys there with this noise, and you're trying to figure things out. And, again, you've got the luxury. You're one of very few teams in America that has the luxury of snap the football, run the play. You've got 500 pounds of beef in the backfield, and you're getting big-time push all night long. Just snap the ball. Don't, don't, you know, don't put yourself in a position where you, you get a false start, and they did that multiple times, man. I, I don't know what leads to that, but it is, it is a frustrating part of that football game for sure. Clint, let's move on to some of the other SEC games. The uh... – Student is not quite the master yet. Nick Saban and his uh, offense doing just enough as they win 24-10. Certainly did not expect them to hold Ole Miss to 10 points. That was the most surprising thing in that game to me. Dart's numbers weren't awful, but uh, but I was surprised, certainly. What did you uh, think of the weekend in the SEC overall? Well, I mean, look, that game right there was, was – I, I thought I thought going back to Milrow was the answer. I still think they throw the football in, in critical moments way too often with him. I mean, they get – they get stuck in, in second and third and long, and, and it, those are drives that they need to just they just need to, to eat the eat it, punt it, kick a field goal, and and, and play defense. Um, so I, I mean, I really don't still don't like what necessarily Alabama's doing with with uh, Jalen Milrow. Maybe the thought is to try to develop him, and, and by mid year he'll be hitting stride. But um, they're a very beatable football team, man. And you saw Ole Miss. I, I, I was not, I was on the sideline last year, Arkansas Ole Miss, and I just was not impressed with with the dark kid. I mean, he's good good SEC quarterback. But he's not a guy that you you go in there and you're like, hey, man, how are we going how are we going to beat this guy? You know, you can rattle him, you can you can create chaos around him, you can you can trick him into making mistakes. 
And, um, you know, they're, they're a very beatable, beatable football team. I mean, um, outside of that, man, you, you look at A&M Auburn. I watch that ball game, and I can't help but watch that ball game and go, man, Arkansas should run with either one of these teams. If the Arkansas that showed up to LSU, um, if that's the team the rest of the way, and, and I understand there's going to be a couple of injuries here, there, whatever, if, but if that's the effort that you're going to get from this crew, they should, they should beat Auburn. They should be right there with A&M and, and have a chance to beat them. I think they're probably better with Max Johnson and not the young kid for the time being. I think that Max Johnson is just as good, if not a touch better, with his experience in Bobby Petrino's offense. But you still, Arkansas should be right there and have a chance to beat those guys again. Um, the, the SEC, the, the SEC is, is for right now, uh, you can look at it and say it's somewhat down and there's a big-time opportunity for somebody um, on each side, really. I mean, outside of Georgia, and Georgia's not what they were last year, but on each side of the SEC, you can say there's an opportunity for somebody to make a serious jump right now. All right, let's flip over to the NFL, Clint. We've uh, avoided the topic for the majority of the day, but the Cowboys obviously laid an egg. It happens because, well, the Cardinals have professional football players, too, it turns out. Uh, not not the best day, but, but obviously Dallas was shorthanded, too, which didn't help things. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I didn't get a chance. I just saw the highlights of that game, Justin. I, I was doing the Texans post-game yeah. show, and, and, and I was, they had a great game, so I was I was on cloud nine with them. But, um, you know, it's it, there, there's you hate to you hate to think that the the one injury for Dallas is is uh, to, to Diggs is just a that big of a game changer where they go lose against Arizona. I mean that was a, that was a frustrating loss. I, I'm curious to know what the hell West thinks about. It. I know he watched it and hung on every damn play. What what was your thoughts on the game? Well, the defense didn't show up the first half. Uh, Arizona scored every possession, and uh, they just they looked like they were sleepwalking. Honestly. And Dobbs caught them uh, running the ball uh, a couple of times. They weren't looked like they weren't prepared for that or missed an, an assignment. And then and I felt like I was in a Bermuda Triangle. It was red zone for the Cowboys. It was like red zone for the Razorbacks, red zone for the Cowboys. They'd get down there yeah. and couldn't score. And it's just, uh, you know, frustration with some of the play calls in the red zone for the Cowboys. And um, just, I don't know, man. And, and, and you know, once you get in the red zone, it's tougher to do everything, including run the, run the ball. And Dallas was having success running the ball, despite having three starting offensive linemen out. I think once you get down there in the red zone, that made it even tougher on some of those offensive linemen to try to punch the ball in. Well, yeah, there, there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, missing them big boys up front, especially the way that Dallas this year is going to hang their hat on those guys, that hurts big time. But there's, there's still, I mean, it, it, it just Dallas never – I mean, they, they, they provide plenty of, of meat on the bone and, and to the media during, during the season. I mean, it's still one of the better teams in, in all of pro football. I, I don't believe that that, uh, that particular game is going gonna, is gonna to push them off, that, off the top of that list. But, but boy, that's a, that's a rough way to go, man. Arizona's, Arizona is all but – hell, they're all but tanking. I mean, it, it, from, a, from a roster standpoint. So, we'll, we'll see, man. Who is Dallas, right? Once again, who, which, which team is – Who is C.J. Stroud, Clint? Hmm. Other than a uh, pretty exciting a, young quarterback, huh? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm telling you, it's been really impressive, man, to watch, you know, just through the quarterback lens of a guy that's been pushed into some, some adverse situations. Wes, you talk about offensive linemen being out. They're missing four of their five starters they have since the jump. Laramie Tunsil's played one game. Um, so they've missed they've missed three of five all, you know, for two games, and they've missed four of five offensive linemen for, for – uh, for, for three of the games. I mean, they, they've literally, guys, they, they, they traded for a guy uh, the first, uh, the, the, you know, during that little break, the, the two-week span between training camp and, 
and uh, the regular season. Josh Jones, old U of H product out of Arizona. They, they traded for him out of Arizona. They signed it. They traded for a kid out of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization who who they laughed out of town. I mean, they were they were celebrating because he, they they somehow got a way to get rid of him, and he's starting at left guard. And anyway, point being, C.J. Stroud is he's the most sacked quarterback for two weeks. Um, I mean, he, he didn't turn the football over at all. When he did get the least bit of time, I mean, he's he's delivering the football accurately on time, um, all over the football field. And then this week, man, the stars just aligned. I mean, they put three phases uh, of, of football together and and whooped the team that is supposed to. I mean, by far the division the division favorite here in Jacksonville, and and they beat them convincingly. So, C.J. Stroud, I think he set the record for rookies um, over 900 yards and no interceptions. First. Uh, I think the, the first time to do that, the, the 900 yards is like third to Cam Newton, somebody else. And um, I mean, 121 attempts with no interceptions is is, is a record. I mean, this, this kid, this kid's got a chance to be really special. And, and the Texans, man, I mean, they they are missing literally guys. They had their four captains, the, the guys they named four captains at the beginning of the year. The only one that's playing is C.J. Stroud. And and so I mean, it's they're they've been they've been injured big time. And to get a win under those circumstances is, is impressive. And they're, they're going to get guys back consistently over the next two weeks. It should be fun to watch. All right, Clint, we got to run. I appreciate the time. We will talk to you Friday. Actually, we won't. We are not going to be here. But you will talk to Kyle Deckelbaum, mm. the, the wizard on, and the pigskin. Okay. KD and the pigskin, baby. Let's get it. All right, buddy. Appreciate you. Thanks to Motorsports Authority, Clint. Uh, okay, man. All right, buddy. Clint Sterner down in Houston.